This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 176. Well, good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show where we focus on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books. We look at epic fantasy, urban fantasy. We do space opera, military sci-fi. I mean, we try to bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world, and we bring them to you here on the show every single week. Kicking off things for this week's episode, I'll, as usual, dig into my own author update. I'm almost finished with a new short story that I'll be sharing with my newsletter readers, as well as a new group of urban fantasy readers from several authors combined. Um, this is a project I've put together with a couple of other authors um, to kind of share share what we're working on and share some new projects with, with all of our readers in an effort to spread the word about what we're doing. So I'm, I'm excited about that. This story is a newish kind of twist on urban fantasy stories in general and it's one that I haven't really seen out there before so I'm hoping that it will resonate with my readers as well as the other readers that belong to this project so um, cross my fingers let's see if that works out Um, as always you can check out more information on everything I'm up to including sneak peeks of upcoming covers special giveaways and a lot more you can do that by visiting my reader group over on Facebook that's Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers Um, look that up and join the group we'd love to have you over there or you can also uh, check out my website at jamiedavisbooks.com. Either place, I have a contact form or leave a comment on some posts over in the Facebook group. But either way, I look forward to hearing from you and I will get back to you. I try to respond back to all those comments uh, and all the emails that come in. So I look forward to getting them. Okay, shifting gears to this week's guest, I'm really excited to welcome Noah K. Sturdivant on the show. Noah is a man of mystery and intrigue, at least that's what he says. Uh, Granted, most of the secrets that he's involved with revolve around lost socks and a conspiracy theory about otters. Um, Word to the wise, don't get him started on the otter thing unless you want to have a lot of time spent dealing with the otter conspiracy. Um, Besides that, though, Noah grew up in southeast Kansas, but has now lived in Asia for the last decade, bouncing from South Korea to China, and now he's been in Bangkok, Thailand um, for the last eight years. Noah never really knows what's going on, but attempts to have a good time anyway, and he hopes to have you have as much fun reading his fantasy books as he does writing them. He's also one of the most awesome authors um, that's included in our just-released Summer Solstice Shenanigans Anthology, which is a collection of urban fantasy short stories from some really fantastic authors. There's 25 short stories in all. You definitely want to pick up that collection if you haven't done so already for um, Noah's short story, as well as one of my own short stories that are in there, and a bunch of other great, great authors' content as well. So, um... Check that out, and of course, check out this interview with Noah coming right up. Noah Sturdivant, it's great to have you here on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks. Good to be here. So um, you listed in your bio that you're a man of mystery and intrigue, but let's uh, pull the curtain back a little bit and uh, give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? 
Uh, yeah, that's, it's like any job interview or any other question where they ask who you are and he's like, oh, let's see, I'll just sum up my life in a sentence or two. No problem. Um, yeah, as far as me, I, I'm like most authors, I'm a lot more interesting whenever I'm writing something down than when I'm talking to other people. Uh, but I've been um, bouncing around Asia for about the last decade as I've taught English and, and done other jobs and things which is something a lot of people find interesting and I put it in my books, mostly Southeast area and, and stuff, but I, I'm also looking to get around to some other areas in the world if they'll have me. Uh, so that's a big part of who I am and what I do is I, I really like to travel and then incorporate that into what I write, you know, for taxes and just for fun. But uh, other than that, uh, I've been in Thailand eight years now and my, I met my wife here and we have a three-year-old daughter, so I'm pretty well grounded uh, in in Asia at the moment. Though I'm from Kansas in the states. What drew you to originally travel so far away? Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of people, you know, still to this day in most parts of the world, never get more than fifty miles from their home. So, what what uh, pulled you to I've Southeast heard. Asia? Um, it's mostly getting a job. I was working as a security guard. Um, and then I went over to South Korea for a few months Then I came back and did a master's so I could get paid for it whenever I wanted to do it for real. Uh, so then I did that and went to China and then Thailand. So yeah, for me, it's always kind of been that it's good to travel locally wherever you're at, but the inside of every room is pretty much the same. So you know, it's like people that travel a lot for business and stuff, every hotel and stuff like that. You know, there, there's very few surprises until you go outdoors. So you can live a pretty sheltered life most places. Yeah, it's funny. I, I people be, I used to travel quite a bit for work when I was a journalist. And um, people are like, oh, you went to Denver. How was it? Well, you know, the airport and the convention center were great. So I picked up a signed Brandon Sanderson book. You know, it's my 30th now, you know, but other than that, it was an airport. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly it. So, um, you and I are both lucky to have been included in the, uh, summer solstice shenanigans anthology with our short stories. And, uh, so congratulations on being selected to be one of the 25 stories in, in the anthology. Um, I read, I've read it once, but I read it again this morning. Um, which is just, it's just a great fun story that you wrote. Um, is it related to anything else you've already written? That's called your story is called caged, the supernatural protection agency story. Yeah. It's, I've kind of actually done this backwards because I have a series I'm working on for rapid release, but I released the spinoff short first. So, you know, that's kind of putting pressure on me now that if people like this story, I'll have to write the rest of it, I guess. Um, but yeah, which number are you? I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I think I'm in the twenties uh, as far as the author numbers. I'll have to go back and look. I think I'm, I think I'm the fourth story or the fifth story in something like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Elaine so, Bateman yeah. got to be the, um, the first story in the, in the anthology and she's very nervous about that. Cause she, she I talked to her. So if it doesn't day. sell well, yeah, we know who to blame. She <laughs> just ruined it out of the gate. Yeah. Didn't so. have a chance. So there's very little pressure towards the back. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I, if you've I've looked at there, there are two reviews up on the anthology because it just came out uh, when we were recording this, and um, the both reviews said they like sat down thinking they were going to grab a couple of short reads while they were waiting in line, and they found themselves reading the entire thing, um, which is great news, and it means everybody's story just pulled them on through. Yeah, that's definitely a good sign. Hopefully, that can 
keeps going and we don't start getting the trolls and stuff out. So we've got enough big names. That I'm trying to make sure nobody's made any enemies. Uh, you know, I interviewed Martha Carr for, for my show a few months back and we chatted about how she has a new garden. So if anyone pops up, you know, saying bad things and they happen to disappear, we know where they went. Um, yeah, don't tell her I said that. I don't think she thought it was very funny. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. And, you know, people should be careful. We, we, we're, we're urban fantasy writers. We know magic. Yeah, I can do this thing where I make my thumb disappear. My daughter cannot figure it out. It's great having little kids around because, you know, magic is real. Yeah. Wait for him to get jaded like the rest of us. But for now, <laughs> she's enjoying it. So um, tell us a little bit about the... Um, the Supernatural Protection Agency, and I guess that's the, the theme behind your um, your series that you're going to be putting out hopefully soon? Yeah, well, I'll be writing it soon. I'm in the middle of it. And then just all the marketing and all the other stuff about trying to, you know, all the fun business stuff. Uh, but it's basically just kind of predicated on the the fact that, you know, everyone kind of has enemies and that that also applies to things like vampires and werewolves and everything else. So, if they need protection, who do they go to? It just kind of jumped in my head and it seemed like something I hadn't read a lot of. So I just kind of sat down, typed it up, sent it off. And I was really surprised when they asked me for the rest of the story because, you know, it was too fun to, to be good, I guess. But, you know, sometimes it, it serendipity strikes and it is people agree and you just kind of nail it on the first draft. So I'm hoping that continues when I have to do it in long form. I was one of the initial curators on the project, which meant I got to read all of the first 500 words from the 70 odd submissions that came in. And um, we passed along, I think, about 50 of them to um, send in um, the full story to be reviewed. And then we passed on the most the bulk of them to the beta readers. And um, so, you know, my hands were off the project once the full stories came in. But uh, you, you had to make those first 500 words really pop. And uh, yours definitely, definitely grabbed me. I remember reading, you know, when I started reading the story, I'm like, oh, I remember reading this. I really wanted to find out what happened. So, um, yeah, so did I. Yeah. yeah. That's great. But Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, the intros, I don't know. Uh, do you ever do any flash fiction? I don't, but I know, yeah, I know those that do. Yeah, I put out a flash fiction anthology uh, for charity last year. It had like some big names like Lawrence Swat Evans, Pierce Anthony, Cat uh, Rambo, and a bunch of other award winners. You know, that I have no idea why they signed up for mine, but I was glad they did. But I found that doing the flash fiction, you have to get to the point so fast that I think it kind of helped me on the intros. So that was a good way. I guess karma coming back because I, I tried to do something nice. Uh, and then it just kind of helped you or help help me hone my skills a little bit on the intro because like everyone else i always want to you know frame everything give it a big long prologue and all this but it's like yeah this is a short story by the time you get to the actual story it'll be over if you keep on at that pace well no and and you know in a, in a novel you you know you're willing to give it you know, a couple of chapters three four chapters maybe five you know to 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 hook you if you're reading, but in a short story, you really only have the first couple of paragraphs to, to, right. to draw somebody into the story enough and give them enough of a, a zinger at the end of that, that section to, to make them go, Oh my gosh, I got to keep reading this. Um, so that's, that's the trick, I think. 
Yeah, and especially depending on genres and things. I saw you've done a little game wit and things as well. So it, you, it seems like you get to take your time a little bit more with those. The readers are willing to cut you a little more slack, but still, you got it. Some something bad has to happen to somebody to to get the ball rolling eventually. Absolutely. So I know you have some other series out there, um, and I was looking at looking over them on um, Amazon. The um, and, and they're very intriguing. Um, ideas on the Southeast Asia Paranormal Police Department series, which sounds kind of cool. Um, and you co-write that, it looks like. Yeah, uh, I write that with uh, John P. Logston uh, because that's his world, uh, the PPD. Uh, we've just wrapped up that series uh, last month with book seven of that. But yeah, those are a lot of fun. Um, if people have read my short story and haven't read that one, you have to be worried. Well, maybe not worried, but be aware that I'm a little dirtier in those uh, because they're meant to be primarily comedic. So I take a few more liberties. I, I was careful in the short story to to tailor it to a little bit wider of an audience. But yeah, we're, we're fans of blue humor to be sure. Um, but yeah, those, like I said, the, those are places, every book uh, is themed around a different country, except for the ones that are done in hell, um, because I haven't been there yet. But, you know, if I keep going, who knows? Um, but going to Bangkok, where I live now, you know, South Korea, Japan, I've either lived or vacationed in, in all of those countries. So it gave me an excuse to, to travel and make notes and then, you know, make throw magic into it. So none of it really happens. I know I, I I've gotten to know so many authors um, that live, you know, outside of the United States, American authors that live outside of the U S or European authors that live, you know, in Asia and other parts of the world. And they, they've become sort of nomadic. And I know you've settled down in one location, you know, made that your home, um, you know, met your wife and you have your child. And, um, but you know, it, it's interesting to see, how the digital lifestyle of today's indie authors has really allowed us to, to live anywhere. Yeah. It's interesting, especially because my background is in online learning. So, you know, teaching people that might not be in the same country and, and things like that. So I, I'm happy to see this trend, especially, well, I'm not happy to see COVID and everything, but the way people have adapted to realize that there's a whole lot of things that we really don't need to be face to face for anymore. And it's, it's kind of good job security, I guess, for me, um, in addition to the, the author stuff. But yeah, I, I know a, at least a few authors that actually live in Thailand and um, others yeah, in Asia and things like that. So we'll have to set up a conference or something, get all of this together at some point. It's, I, I traveled a few years ago to Bali for um, a, an author conference, a small gathering um, and, uh, we had several people that even, you know, that lived either in Bali or in other parts of Southeast Asia. And then of course we had a lot of people coming in from Australia and New Zealand too, because it was close or I guess right. <laughs> from their standpoint than coming to the U S. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was nice to see and, and kind of, you know, opened my eyes to a whole different type of, you know, workspace, um, but it also opens you up to a lot of different cultural influences. I mean, you've set your, you know, that one, that, um, the, the previous series we were talking about, you were, you set in different countries around Asia. Um, and that, 
that enables you to really engage those cultures in the stories um, and, and put your settings in a different location. Yeah, it's something that I try to be careful of. I never pretend to be an expert on any of these cultures or anything, even Thai being here eight years because, you know, I am an outsider and everything. So I kind of give people the the top things that you would expect as a tourist. So, you know, if you were in the country for three days, you could experience the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. So I, I definitely try to be careful not to appropriate anything or represent things that I'm not part of. But I hopefully I'm giving people a mini vacation and maybe they'll want to check out some of these places at some point. And it is a fine line that we write, we walk as authors when we're dealing with, you know, trying to be inclusive at the same time that we're, um, you know, not stepping over that, that, that into that area where we're, we're appropriating someone else's cultural identity um, right. in, in, in an inappropriate way. So it, it's a challenge, but I think it's also, really exciting and important to, to show other places than, you know, Boston, New York, LA, you yeah. know, in my case, Baltimore. So definitely a thing. Like if I read another series set in New York, it better be a very good one because I I've been there twice, but now I feel like I've lived there after all the books I've read. So yeah, hopefully it's, if nothing else is giving people a palate cleanser from that, I can just leave Harry Dresden alone to do his thing and you pick somewhere else in the world. Well, you know, he's got Chicago. I mean, he doesn't need everything yeah. else, right? Um, so you've got um, you've got the series you're working on now, and um, are you planning on writing any other shorts? Because I know you said you, you like flash fiction and some other some other short shorter yeah, formats. I'm always always uh, writing things and submitting them, whether they get whether they get picked up or not. Um, I've written some columns for SFWA that are nonfiction. And just kind of all over the place. Uh, short stuff is fun, especially if you're in the middle of a longer bit. Uh, I've got a lit RPG slash game lit, depending on trademarks and all that stupid stuff, um, series that I am rewriting at the moment. And those are over 100K. So I'm always trying to find something to give myself a breather at certain points. So I might just sit down and write a short thing Um whenever I just get the chance or inspiration strikes. Uh, I'm hoping to do something on the Kindle Vela, um, but I know that's going to be launching very soon. So we'll have to see about that. Yeah, actually I'm um, working on a Kindle Vela project with another author. We're co-writing it and um, completely shifting gears from what we normally write. Um, she writes weird Western. I write er- mostly urban fantasy and we decided to do a humorous sci-fi space opera kind of thing. Um, and uh, so we were about 10 chapters in to that. So, that, you know, each, each episode is, you know, a, a small chapter in our in the way we're looking at it. Um, for those that don't know in, in the listening audience, Kindle Vela is a new service that Amazon will be launching on the Kindle platform that will allow you to read serialized fiction. So, uh, you know, basically... A sh- new chapters will appear in the story on a regular basis, whether it's weekly or however often the author decides to put them out. And uh, you can read, uh, get started reading the stories for free. And then if you like what you're reading, you can, you can continue purchasing the additional chapters as they come out for a small fee. And it's, it's um, I think they've got tokens or something set up for that. Um, yeah. But that comes out in mid July, I think. So that's yeah, kind of exciting. Coming, coming fast. Are you yeah, considering something in particular genre-wise for yours? 
Um, I was just kind of, I had a, a sci-fi one and then fantasy one, but they were more kind of essays. So it wasn't a, like a full novel um, because I'd done something similar uh, for the book, Sometimes They Get Away, which is a, basically a series of essays that are loosely based around a how-to guide for supernatural killers like Freddy and Jason. Um, and it's completely satire. And, you know, I, obviously they don't exist. Uh, we just have the regular crazy people, but mine is more fun. But doing those kind of essays uh, was the idea I had because those are easy to kind of sit down and do in, in one chunk and you don't get the urge, at least like I have, to go back and revamp everything I write, which is the problem I'm having to do with Vela because I might get like three stories in and be like, oh, no, I want to change something in the first one, you know, and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm always tinkering with stuff until it's out. Yeah, it offers a different it offers a different twist on on putting content out for sure. Um, and I think for a lot some authors that write in places like Wattpad and um, you know Radish and some of those other platforms that already have serialized content, um, it'll be a little easier for them. But for those of us that write longer novels and things, it's it's an interesting twist to uh, write something that has a more defined um, structure around short segments and um it's fun yeah. yeah there's some people that are really good at it i mean on royal road and everything else uh, i know i've looked at it but i've never been tempted to to do it until amazon came out with their version um but it's still something i might try i just uh, it has to be something i can maintain which is you know being accountable and everything else because i have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people that have the three to five or whatever chunks out and then we never hear from them again which is something you definitely don't want to do to your readers if you're already established in any way or even not. Well, which is why we're, we're already at 10 chapters and going to have more out before it comes so that we have a little bit of a buffer for what we release in case, you know, vacations yeah. come along or life gets in the way. We'll be able to keep the readers engaged. Um, that's our plan. Um, Real, shifting back to your short story real quick, I, you know, we didn't actually, we talked a little bit about Supernatural Protection Agency, but we didn't talk a little bit about the story itself. Do you want to just give us a quick setup for what the uh, Caged, the Supernatural Protection Agency story is all about? Sure. So like everyone else, uh, focusing on the, the summer solstice um, where there's, uh, we've got the, the longest day of the year, which is great for people that like being in the sun, but for those like vampires that can't be out, it's not a great day for him. So my idea was that there would be, this would be kind of a, a purge time or time for revenge where the hunters become the hunted as cliche as, as that sounds. But um, yeah, saying vampires meet the purge is how I kind of um, had it in my head. So these people have decided or found a way to monetize that. So yeah, we'll protect you, but it's going to cost. Uh, and then we see what happens within that kind of situation and probably anything more than that's going to give stuff away. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's but the I, basic premise. Yeah, that's and, that's the that's the way it comes. You know, somebody pays somebody to put them up for the night or the day um, to uh, keep them safe from the vampire hunters, and uh, and then shenanigans, as the anthology title says, ensue. And yeah. uh, and I won't give any more away because there's some amazing twists in this story that will catch you by surprise by the time you get to the end, I promise. So um, you definitely want to look at it. I they're earned, you know. I always worry that people say, well, that came out of nowhere or something, you know, but hopefully they're earned twists. And I, I've laid the groundwork. In a short story, you know, it's tough. But 
I, I definitely tried. Oh yeah, the, the 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 cookie crumbs, the trail is there. When you get to the when you get to the twists, you go oh, <laughs> but uh, definitely definitely a well deserved uh, surprise from some of the things that popped up because I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't until the second draft, and then I thought, oh, that'll be really clever if people think I've thought of that to start with, and you know. And I try to do that in most of my books because I think it's just, it's fun because I'm someone that rereads a lot and I always love picking up little bits as I go back. So that's something I've tried to do as a writer as well. Um, where's a good place for people to find you online since you're in Thailand, you're not going to be the, the local convention most likely. So uh, where can they catch up with you if they want to see where you are and what you're doing? Oh, they can send me a lot of money and I'll come to any conference they want. But, you know, aside from that, it's just uh, maybe we'll have to put it in your notes or something. My my first name, last name, noahsturdevant.com. Uh, and then you can search for me on Facebook, which is Noah K. Sturdevant, um, just Facebook. And I have my own page and group as well. Um, but I can send out links or anything else. But that's, that's I tried to keep it simple just because there weren't any other people with that name. So I, I claimed it. That's the way to do it. That's how the internet works. So uh, that's fantastic. Noah, thanks so much for coming on the uh, Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. It's great to have you on the show today and, and chat about this. Um, I urge people to go out and pick up Summer Solstice Shenanigans Anthology with Noah's story, my story, and 23 others that will keep you engaged and excited and just great short reads. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Make sure you catch up with us for a whole lot more from the fantasy and sci-fi focus community. You can find that group over on Facebook or, of course, over at the website fantasy-focus.com. While you're over at the website for this episode, make sure you leave a comment if you want. Or you can also um, subscribe to the show. There are links right there below the audio player on each episode page where you can just click a link, iOS, Android, even by email, you can subscribe with one click. It's pretty quick and simple. And that way you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes because we've got some great authors coming up for you over the summer months coming up, including our next episode with Fiona Gray, another one of the short story authors from the Summer Solstice Shenanigans Anthology. That's it for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, though. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook at Jamie Davis Books or at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com, where you can get a free book if you want. Just sign up for my newsletter while you're over at the website. Whatever you do, though, subscribe to the podcast. Come back here for the next episode. And while you're waiting, folks, don't forget, there's magic all around you.